Kedushin, Perak Aleph Mishnah Vav, 1-6. This Mishnah starts out by talking about the mode of Kinyan called Chalipin. Now, uh, it's tricky to translate, and often it's translated as barter, uh, but I think a better translation is exchange. Now, the reason for the confusion is as follows. There really are two totally different ways in which one does um, carries out a Chalipin effected transaction. One is indeed barter. That means it's a, called a chalipin shava b'shava. You have two things of comparable value, and the two owners decide to exchange them. So you have a donkey, and I have a horse, and we think we should do a trade. So I let you acquire one, I acquire the other through chalipin. We barter them, we exchange them. That's one way. Uh, and the basic idea is when you acquire one, I automatically get the other, which is the point of our Mishnah. There's over a second kind of chalipin, um, which is often referred to as the Kinyan sudar. A sudar is like a, a, a handkerchief or like a headkerchief even. Um, but the point is, when you're, you have a cow that I want to buy, um, and all we have handy right here is, you know, we, have, we haven't got any cows. So I want to buy your cow. So I say, listen, um, here in my pocket is my handkerchief or my pen or my glasses or my kippah. You pick it up, and then by you essentially acquiring the handkerchief, um, that also will exchange, chalipin, transfer ownership of the cow to me. That's really sort of a symbolic thing because we're not saying that it's a barter. We're not saying that the handkerchief is worth the same as the cow. We're saying this lifting up of the handkerchief affects the transfer of ownership of the cow, but then, you know, I'll have to pay you for the cow fair at the fair price. Okay? So both of those are called the mode of Kenyan called Chalipin, because um, the idea is that by taking one object and acquiring it, the other one or the rights that we're told to transfer are transferred um, at the same time in the other direction. So here the mission says inside, damim Anything which its value is determined um, by an outside appraisal, meaning anything that's a chattel, a movable object, other than money. Because money, you know, it's valued by the fact that it says, you know, $5 on the coin, whatever it is. So that's not this. But anything else, baseball bats and hats and cows, are all things that are nasadam ba'acher. They have some external way to value them. So we do this exchange and we say, kevan shezacha zeh, when... Mr. A acquires Mr. B's thing, then simultaneously, Mr. B acquires A's thing. So by taking one, the other one gets transferred as well. Okay, so Chalipin means taking or picking up doing a, of the one thing and transfers the other direction as well. Now, the mission is a little interesting that it says, when Mr. A gets Mr. B's thing, then so then B gets Mr. A's thing. It doesn't say he's zochet to it. It says he's nischayev. He becomes like obligated in it. The idea being that the Torah here is focusing on the fact that when a person owns something, he doesn't just own it, he's also responsible for it. So that means once, you know, if, if I'm one who has the cow and you have the horse and we're doing the trade, so I say take my cow here and you take the cow um, by doing like you, you, you know, you do, you know, let's say you, you do mashich on it. Then I, at the same time, when you're Moshech, my cow, I get your horse. But the point is, your horse is across town. But from the moment that you drag my cow, your horse becomes mine. Meaning, if lightning strikes the horse now, or, you know, thieves take it or something, 
It's my problem. You're not responsible anymore. Now I'm responsible because I'm Nishayev. I became responsible for it by becoming the owner when you took the cow. And the, uh, you know, synonymously, really, the same idea is if after the horse becomes mine, uh, the horse goes and, you know, whatever, kicks someone in the teeth. So I'm responsible for that. Okay? Ketzad. Examples how this would work. Hechlef shor bapara, ochamor bashor. If we're trading, bartering, exchanging, that's the chalipin. So we're affecting through chalipin a shore. I'll translate shore here as an ox instead of the usual translation as bull. You'll see why in a second. And bapara, para is a cow. So we're trading an ox for a cow. Ochamor bashor, or we're trading a donkey for an ox. So then um, the point. Wait, two examples is because even though they're totally different species, donkeys and and uh, oxen, still kevin shazacha when one acquires the one animal, so then nischayev zeh b'chalifav the other one acquires the other one and is responsible for the other one, like we said before. Now, um, the reason why I translated it as as ox as opposed to simply bull is because there's a machlokus in the Gemara if you can use for chalipin only kalim. I'll call them utensils now, for lack of a better translation. Um, or if you can also use things that aren't utensils, what the Gemara refers to as peros, which means produce, but it means anything besides a kli. So the halachas like Rabbi Nachman, who holds that it only can work um, with kalim, and not other things like peros. Okay? The other shita, um, Rav Sheshas holds it could work with peros as well. So that being the case over here, what we're going to say is that the animal we're talking about that's being acquired is a draft animal. That's why I chose ox instead of shore, because ox is enough for pulling things. And um, an ox and a bull are the exact same, or a cow, they're all the same biological animal, but they, an ox is a bull that's used for pulling things, uh, by definition. In any case, so the point is, since the animal we're talking about here, like a donkey or an ox, functions like a kli, does work for me, so therefore... It's considered to be a kli in this context as opposed to peros. And that's, that's the shot over here. Um, just a side note, I don't want to get into it, but according to Rashi, he learns that the cow, etc., doesn't actually constitute a kli. They were like peros. Therefore, Rashi has done the sugi very differently, but I'm not discussing Rashi's shot here. I'm going with the Barthenor, etc. So put that aside for now. Now, um, the mission goes on now to talk about a different thing altogether, which is Rishus Gavoa, and the property of, I'll call it the base of Mikdash, the temple. Gavoa really refers to like the, the one on high, referring really to Hashem, but it means Hashem's property, I mean like his base of Mikdash, his treasury. Bekesef, that effects acquisition through Kesef, meaning Hashem or the base of Mikdash, when it acquires something, so giving money is enough to effect the transaction. In contrast, when it comes to regular people, as opposed to Hashem and His Temple, so the only way that you can acquire something, like we said before, is not with money, but with chazaka by taking possession. Here, chazaka would mean, like, say, like Mashiach. Okay, the point is taking possession, not just money. Meaning, if I'm buying your cow and I give you cash, money, so then it's too bad. Like that, that hasn't affected you. The fact you took the money doesn't make the cow mine. Money doesn't affect transactions for heriotos, regular people like me and you. And although it's true, you shouldn't back out at that point. And if you want to give him money, you do back out. You get this, this like rabbinic curse, Misha Para, that the same one who took retribution, Ma'anshe Dor HaMabul, Umudor Aflaga, who Asili Pareh, Mimisha Eno Omen Bediburo. The rabbi said that same Hashem who punished the generations of the flood and the, and the, the dispersion after the, the 
Tower of Babel, so he'll also take retribution against this guy who didn't stand by his word. So you're not allowed to rabbinically uh, back out once you give the money, etc., but the truth is that the transaction isn't affected by money. You could technically back out because it didn't affect yet. Um, that's why people, but by the basic English, not like that. If the Gizbar, the temple treasurer, goes to a ranch, he's looking for a cow, for whatever, for the basic English's purposes, and it he gives cash, so once the cash is taken, the cow becomes his. Because Govoa, the base of Mikdash Hashem, does acquisitions, if you will, through giving cash alone. Now, how does that work? Because Hashem is supposed to operate on the same rules that we do, if you will. Um, the point of the Torah is to understand the mind of Hashem, which means Hashem kind of operates by the same kind of rules. So how would that work? So, the fact that money, kesef, can't affect a transaction for regular people... Um, between Rish and Shrib Yochan, if that's a Doraisa, the Rabbanon. According to Rish Lakish, so it's a Doraisa. Just simply money doesn't do, can't affect a transaction, um, taking or giving of money. And that being the case, Yushalmi explains that what's going on here is that since Lashem Hashem owns the whole world and everything in it, so everything's like Hashem's backyard. The whole world's Hashem's backyard, so to speak. So Hashem can make a Kinyan Chatzer because the cow that the base English is acquiring is in God's backyard. It's in God's property, wherever it is, because the whole world is his. So, you could do, if I give you money and your cow is in my backyard, it can become mine, because my backyard can acquire it. Um, it's not the money that gives it, but the backyard that's being there in the meeting of the mines. According to Rabbi Yochanan, so uh, he holds that money actually does Midoraisa affect the Kenyan, just that the rabbi said it shouldn't. Uh, so people should not abrogate responsibility if they, they do a sale to let, you know, if I sell you my hats and then the hat factory catches on fire, I shouldn't be just say it's not my problem anymore. So therefore the rabbi said money alone shouldn't affect the transaction. That's just that the abundant Hashem, therefore, coins of Yochanan could acquire with money because that is not a relevant consideration that didn't the abundant. Okay. Um, the last part says, Amirasul Gavoa simply declaring something to the temple or the temple treasury, it's the same as the actual taking of an object through Mesira, handing it over, you know, or whatever, um, for regular people. Meaning that if a person simply says something like, Ola, this cow is an Ola, just by virtue of him saying it, that already invests it with the sanctity, now it's headed to the base of Mikdash, you can't take it back in. Meaning the point is, the person's simple verbal declaration is sufficient, to affect the, the transfer to the base of Mikdash. Um, the mechanics of that are an interesting discussion. The simplest, you could say, is like the same Lashem Aratum Lo, Hashem ends the whole world. That could be a simple explanation for how this could work through Kenya Chatzar as well.